Well, good evening. My name is Pastor Dustin Neely. I am the lead pastor of Refuge Franklin, and we are honored as a body to be with you, and I am honored as a preacher of the gospel to tell you the good news from Luke chapter 2. And if you do have a Bible, we will be in that same pastor that, or passage rather that Kelsey just read for us. And really what we have before us here is the birth announcement of Jesus. Now, for those of you who have children and have made a birth announcement, you may have labored over how to do that. You may have tried to decide, are we going to go with Pinterest or Shutterfly? Are we tiny prince people? Who are we as a family? It's a serious crisis because you got to get it right. Well, God got his right, and he didn't use Shutterfly or Pinterest or even tiny prints. He chose a very unorthodox message method to get the message out. Let's dig into it. Beginning of verse 8. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, I want to spend a little bit of our time tonight talking about the shepherds because they are significant. We don't know their names. But we know a little bit about what they were as a group of people. See, out in the, the hill country around Bethlehem, there were sheep that were used in the temple sacrifices, and so there were shepherds that were having them graze out there. It was good grazing land as well. But make no mistake, these shepherds were not like you see in your neighbor's yard. They were not well manicured. They were not polished. They were rough folks. In fact, this is the kind of job that would have probably been on Mike Rowe's dirty jobs. They had to wrangle obstinate sheep. They had to ensure that their well-being was secured. They had to feed them. They had to fend off predators like wolves or other animals. And sometimes even they had to get in fights because there would be unsavory characters that would literally come and try to steal the sheep, which, to be honest, feels like the pastorate to me sometimes as well. But they were awake that night, and they were probably sleeping in shifts to watch over these animals. And here in the midst of all this, God sends a messenger. Now, we've encountered angels in the book of Luke already, but here we see that the glory of the Lord shone around them, and what happened in response? These shepherds were filled with great fear. Now, this is important. I like to point this out to the refuge community. It's important because it shows that the Bible is giving us an account of actual factual history. This is not a myth. This is not a fable. This is the truth. And real people get really afraid when really unexpected things happen. And that's what would have happened that night. In fact, I like the Greek word that is used here for filled with great fear. It means quite literally terrified. But yet in the midst of that, look what happens in verse 10. It says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now I want to make just a couple of observations from this section of the passage. And the first one is this, that we need to consider what this teaches us about the God of the Bible. We need to consider what this teaches us about the God of the Bible. 
Because when you think about how to make a birth announcement, this is about as backwards as it gets. You know, if you study branding today and how to get the message out in marketing, the way a lot of companies choose to do it is they will go and find what is called an influencer, all right? And then they will get a hold of that influencer and give them a bunch of product. Maybe they even understand it. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. They'll pay them a bag of money. And then they help that company get rich in their niche. And God did basically the exact opposite. He went to the least influential people. He went to people that, here's the rest of the story on the shepherds, were so t sometimes considered so untrustworthy that they could not testify in a court of law. And he said, I'm going to entrust the highest news to the lowest people. Friends, that's intentional. Because not only is the Bible actual factual history, this aspect of the story tells us something about the heart of God. It tells us something about the nature of his kingdom. It tells us something about the essence of the gospel. John Calvin said it this, like this. He said, though God had at his command many honorable and distinguished witnesses, he passed by them and show, chose shepherds, persons of humble rank and of no account among men. Dan Darling, in his great little book, Characters of Christmas, says it like this. Luke is reminding us by mentioning the shepherds that the kingdom of God isn't just for insiders, but outsiders, like shepherds, like the poor classes, like Mary and Joseph came from. It reminds us that the kingdom of God is not made up of noble and wise, but of the underclass, those people who have no business being near royalty. Emmanuel, God with us, means that God is truly among all classes of people and not simply the well-connected or the well-resourced. Friends, how can we hear that and not hear the good news of the gospel? Because part of the amazing wonder of Christmas is that even though these shepherds were real people in real time and space having a real experience with a real angel... They are also surely real pointers to us. Are we not also like the shepherds? Nothing to offer, sometimes untrustworthy, many of us dirty jobs, and nothing to be amazed at in the world, and yet God comes to us, and he entrusts the highest news to the lowest people. Paul says as much, 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 7, he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power of God or belongs to God and not to us. So, friends, we need to marvel and wonder and be amazed at the good news of the gospel through the life of these shepherds. Now, there's something else I want us to pay attention to here. Look back in your text. What is it that the angel says when he sees that they are afraid? Fear not. Fear not. Friends, that is a message that we need as much today as they needed 2,000 plus years ago. Because I don't know if you know this, but the world is a scary place. There are 10,000 things to be afraid of. Health concerns, financial concerns, economic global wind concerns. Everywhere you look, there's a reason to be afraid. 
And yet the angel says to them and to us, fear not. And in your text there, what is the basis for why they shouldn't fear? For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So the fear not is not based on the fact that the government is eventually going to sort itself out. The fear not is not based on the fact that eventually they're going to get the economics right somewhere around the world. The fear not is based on the fact that there is good news in the midst of the bad news. That Jesus has come. That's why we don't have to fear. Not because a human's going to fix it, but because God is in charge. Because God is sovereign and God sent Jesus for us. That's who he is. He cares about our fears. And he speaks to them just like he spoke to those shepherds so long ago. Now also, look at this. What is it that we learn about this Jesus that was coming? There's three titles that he's given there. Savior, Christ, and Lord. Savior, quite simply, means he is the one who saves. That we, in and of ourselves, we are born broken and separated from God. We're born sinners, the Bible says. And then on top of that, we sin a lot. And we find ourselves as a drowning man, better said, a drowned man. Not simply flopping around in the ocean, but under the water, completely dead in our trespasses and sins. And God passed by, saw our situation, our need for rescue, and he sent Jesus to pull us up, put us on the boat, and bring us back to life. That's who he is. He's our savior. But he's also Christ. This is Greek for the Hebrew word Messiah, and it's a title rather than a name. It comes up all over the book of Acts. And finally, he is Lord. That means that he is the sovereign ruler, ruler over all the earth, all the galaxies, the whole enchilada. I like what John Piper has to say about this in the dawning of indestructible joy. He says, Christmas in sum is this. The Lord of never-ending universal sovereign governance, the Lord of Lords, on a day in real history, in a city, in a real world, the Savior sent to take away all our guilt, the Christ sent to fulfill all our hopes, and the Lord sent to defeat all our enemies and make us safe and satisfied forever. Friends, there's no better news than that. And I hope for every person in here, you have some great and wonderful gifts under the tree tomorrow. But you will not get a gift greater than the one that you've already been given in Christ. And the simple question I want to ask you tonight is, have you received that gift? Have you come to the place where you recognize that what I said just a moment ago was 100% true? That we are all dead in our sins apart from Christ. That we cannot be good enough to get ourselves to heaven. We cannot work our way there. But our only hope is Jesus. And that this baby Jesus whose birth announced right here goes on to live a perfect life. Die a substitute's death and then gloriously rise again. 
to pay for our sins and to offer us friendship with God. Have you received that gift? If you have, amen. If you haven't, friend, let today be the day of salvation. And if that strikes a chord with you, perhaps in an unexpected way in just a bit, when the rest of us take communion, you hold off, but you take Christ. And at the end of the gathering, let's talk about it. We want to help you take the journey that so many have to admit that we're sinners, to believe in the full payment of Jesus for our sin, and to confess our sin and commit our lives to follow him. To see you turn from your sin and trust in Christ. That's what we want for you. That's what Christmas is about. That God who uses people like shepherds, who speaks to fear, who gave Jesus for us. And let me tell you something. When we get it, something begins to happen within us. Something very similar to what we see happen at the end of this passage. Look at verse 12. It says this. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told. So friends, when we see the good news of the gospel in Christ, we need to be like these shepherds. We need to seek it, and we need to share it. We need to, just like the shepherds, go to the proverbial Bethlehem and see that it is just as advertised. That God kept his promise. He fulfilled those prophecies that we heard read just a few moments ago. That he came just like he said he would to be our rescuer. And we investigate and we propagate. We perceive and we proclaim. We seek and we share. So friends, it is my encouragement tonight that if you don't know Christ, that you would meet him. And if you do know Christ, that you would share you're going to see people that you don't usually get to see over the next few days. Pray for and step in to those opportunities that the Lord might give us to proclaim this same Jesus that they did so long ago. Friends, this is the most important birth announcement that has ever been made. Let me pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of hearing the good news, of seeing the good news on display. And Lord, now as we take the Lord's Supper, we pray that we would taste and see that you are good. Give us boldness to share this week. In Jesus' name.